0: Love mysteries? Do, you love Do you see the of the world? Do you see the of
1: Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, Healing ourselves into radiant health and epic
0: answers to age old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown. Because this week's episode starts in three, two, one.
1: hello. We're so happy you've joined us today. It's Amber here and Jenna, my beautiful co-host. And today we are chatting with Amy Raup, all the way from Connecticut, who has cured herself from a number of health conditions. But the one that we will be focusing on mostly today is eczema. Thank you so much for being with us today, Amy, and sharing your story with us. We are so excited to get into it.
2: Well, I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for
0: having me. We are so excited to have you. So to to kick it off, I'm just going to give you guys a little bit about Amy. So Amy Raup is a women's health and wellness expert and the author of three books. She is a licensed acupuncture and herbalist in private practice in New York, and she holds a master's of science degree in traditional oriental medicine from the Pacific College of Oriental Medicine, and a bachelor's degree in biology from Rutgers University. As a neurobiology research scientist in her 20s, Amy began experiencing personal health issues, including eczema. Frustrated by Western medicine's inability to provide answers and unable to find relief, Amy sought solutions from Eastern medicine. She began acupuncture treatment and discovered how a mind body nutrition approach was the key to overcoming her illness and maintaining good long term health. So she's here to tell us all about that. Hi. Um, Hi. So, so excited. Um, and then, next thing I'm going to give to our listeners is just a quick definition of eczema so they kind of know where medical science stands on this uh, diagnosis. So the Mayo Clinic defines eczema, which can also be called atopic dermatitis, as a condition that makes your skin red and itchy. It's common in children, but it can occur at any age. Eczema is long-lasting, which is also known as chronic, and tends to flare up periodically. It may be accompanied by asthma or hay fever. No cure has been found for eczema, but treatments and self-care measures can relieve itching and prevent new outbreaks. For example, it helps to avoid harsh soaps and and to moisturize your skin regularly and apply medicated creams and ointments. And that is according to the Mayo Clinic. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Amy, what do you think about that definition? No. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Clearly you got more to say to add to that.
0: Yeah.
2: No, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a red itchy skin condition. I totally agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for years, right. So I had it uh, f- as long as I can remember, um, you know, as a child and I was also an asthmatic as a child, they tend to go hand in hand, uh, both falling into, you know, uh, autoimmune condition category and for years was given steroid creams. And, you know, I used, um, the dermatologist recommended soaps to clean my skin with, and it never ever improved. The steroid creams would help in the moment. And at times, you know, I will still use those. I mean, I don't I haven't had a flare-up in a very long time. But if I were to, I would go to that. But understanding that, again, that's a just a topical, that's a band-aid, mm-hmm. right? That I need to get to the root of the problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So you know but for me getting off of the dermatologist recommended soaps and creams was a game changer for my skin um you know cuz i think i was actually also having a reaction to a lot of the chemicals that are in those soaps uh-huh. like the parabens and the sulfates and Absolutely. So when i went completely non toxic with my skincare routine you know and i i i preach that you, if you can't eat it you shouldn't put it on your skin and so when i went that route um that's where i saw the most lasting changes you know that coupled with with a very clean diet and and some mindset shifts for certain but I I don't disagree with the diagnosis, but I also, I don't agree with the current medical treatment.
0: Absolutely. And we're going to hear, I want to hear your whole story, but before we get into your story, do you mind just telling us the metaphor that you used just before we started recording about the branch and the roots and how eczema was just the branch?
2: Right. So, you know, I'm a practitioner of traditional Chinese medicine, and that's one thing that we talk about in our medicine is Typically, you know, another thing we say that we say the skin is an external manifestation of internal wellness. So what was going on with my skin and my eczema that was covering so many parts of my body was just a, a branch. It was just my body screaming for help. And the underlying root was what really needed to be treated for for long term healing, right, for, for that radical healing that... Um, that I have, you know, encountered in my life. And so typically, though, we, you know, from a Western medical, medical perspective, those steroid creams and those soaps, those are just band-aids, right, to treat the branch, right? So they're just treating that topical surface, superficial aspect to the disease, the, the disharmony in the body. But until you dig deeper and figure out the exact root of the condition, can you really heal it?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, why don't we start at the, the beginning of your story?
2: Well, like I said, I mean, I, you know, I was, as a child, I mean, I would always get eczema, you know, in my, my elbows and my knees and my, you know, I couldn't wear rings or certain jewelry because it would aggravate it. And I was a gymnast and so sweating too much and eczema would flare up in all sorts of different places. And I mainly managed that, like I said, mostly with the creams and the soaps and then avoiding, I was very allergic to cats and dogs. They would really flare it up in certain dusts and molds. Um, and so obviously avoiding that. And, you know, I, and I figured out routines of, of not letting my skin get too, you know, too sweaty or, you know, too moist, that type of thing. Um, when I got to, you know, the college years is when things really started to flare up where the eczema um, was covering larger patches of my body. And so relying on the creams a lot more, you know, I had a a pretty poor diet as I guess most college students do and um, was dealing with a, you know, eating disorder. So if I was eating, I might be throwing it up, you know, so I was extremely malnourished to say the least and definitely I'm sure deficient in many uh, nutrients that would, help my skin thrive or heal. And, you know, as the years went on, so now when I was in graduate school, so fast forward to about 22, 23, 24, somewhere in there, um, things took a turn for the worse. And the eczema started on my face Mm -hmm. and it was on my eyes, all over both of my eyes. And it would get so bad Mm -hmm. that my eyes would be red and swollen shut and painful. I I would, I had, um, you know, an apprenticeship that I was a, uh, a student of or whatever, and, you know, uh, practicing in, and I would call, I remember I would call out sick because I was just so embarrassed. You know, I would like get glasses and I would try, I tried everything. And I saw, <clears throat> I saw allergists at the time and they told me I had a dust mite allergy. Right. So then I went and got all the mattress covers, you know, and I had no money. I was like a poor graduate student and my boyfriend at the time, same thing. So my parents were paying for, you know, these, buttloads of new sheets and, and the allergist appointments and all the creams. And then I, you know, supposedly he told me I had scabies at one point. I mean, I went oh. through all sorts of treatments to try and manage this freaking eczema that was all, was all over my face. And, um, you know, vanity was really the tipping point for me. Sorry. I cut some. Oh,
1: out. no, no, not at all. I just want to say while you were at the doctors and they were giving you just truckloads full of creams and, and whatever it may be. Did anyone offer you a root cause or an explanation no, God, of where no. this is coming from or why it's happening or look no. at diet or anything? No, no one no. even offered you a root cause.
2: And mind you this, I was also in graduate school at one of the top medical institutions out at UCSD and about to enter into their MD program. So I was en route to become a medical doctor surrounded by medical doctors who I worked with day (laughs) in and day out. Um, Nobody said anything about diet or what about lifestyle? What about the fact that I was still struggling with an eating disorder? Um, I was drinking too much. I was uh, smoking cigarettes if I drank. I was in a relationship that I really didn't want to be in. I mean, there were so many layers to think. I wasn't happy either pursuing the medical. I was really under a lot of stress to be honest too, because I was putting so much pressure on myself. I didn't get into medical school the first time I applied because my my MCAT scores were too low and. Um, um, that I think that's what really tipped up the eczema was the incredible amount of stress I was putting myself under. And then also, you know, uh, doing what I do for a living, and I'm sure you guys would, would love to hear this, is seeing that it came up around my eyes. So it was like this thing of like, what was I not seeing mm-hmm. in my mm-hmm. life? Right? You know, mm-hmm. What was I choosing to not look at? Um, and, you know, there were so many things that I can look back on now and, and understand, but in the moment was so difficult to see. And it was my mother who was always into alternative medicine. And, you know, she had an acupuncturist when I was growing up. And, you know, I saw, you know, different forms of doctors. And and I think in her efforts to help me with my eating disorder, she had sent me to a nutritionist who was also a naturopath. And so she had done some stool analysis on me. And, you know, that's when I first my eyes were opened up to this idea that, oh my gosh, what I'm eating and drinking or what I'm not eating is actually impacting my skin. And from there, I went for acupuncture. Um, I was out at UCSD as a graduate student at UCSD and the, the school of acupuncture uh, Pacific college of Oriental medicine was just around the corner. And so they had a, um, like a student, clinic you know so the students were treating patients and so i went there cuz it was i remember it was like 40 dollars of treatment and i said okay i'm going to try acupuncture i i was willing to try anything at that point because nothing was working and and like i said it was impa- it was impacting my quality of life on a very significant level i mean i i was having to call out of work and i was a waitress and so if i didn't work i couldn't you know i couldn't pay my rent You're, you know mm-hmm. it was like really so many things. I didn't want to socialize. Um, it was. It was quite. It was really. It was really a, a hard time. Mm-hmm. Debilitating. Um, yeah, and and so when I went to the acupuncturist, and I tell this story in my my first book, in chill and get healthy, and she said to me, "What did you eat today?" And I said, "Oh, I had a balance bar." You know, and I was, like, feeling really proud of myself because, like, A, I had eaten, and B, I didn't throw it up, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and C, I thought it was actually healthy. And she said um, – she kind of laughed. She didn't make me feel bad, but she was like, that's like a glorified Snickers bar. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I had no idea what she was talking about, like, clueless. She's like, that food is dead. It's it's dead food. It's, it doesn't offer you any sort of nutrition. And, and I, you know, I was a happily, um, uh, you know – Vegetarian at the time, so I was very proud of that as well. But that was really just another means to eliminate food groups from my diet, and and so I said I was a vegetarian, and then she said, well, you know, um, I would recommend. I want you to think about eating meat this week. You know, just just contemplate it. And she talked to me about how, you know, animal protein. Um, it helps build blood and blood is what nourishes our skin and that will help my skin heal. You know, so it was my first introduction to this whole new way of thinking. And, um, and I gave it a go because I thought, why not? You know? And so I had done, um, I started playing around with an elimination diet. There was, you guys might remember um, the book, The Fat Flush Plan, and it was out, you know, I guess back then, early 2000s, late 90s, uh, Anne-Louise Gittleman, and it basically was an elimination diet. And so I did that, and that was the first time ever I saw my skin change. Wow and, and I was like sold. Do you know what I mean? It it made perfect sense. And, you know, my mom, you know, mind you, I worked in a health food store in high school. My mom owned a gym while I was growing up. I mean, I couldn't have been around kind of more healthy environments, but it was also like a lot of balance bars and protein shakes and, you know, still non-food foods, um, even though they may be quote unquote healthier and sugar-free, but they were still pretty processed. And, you know, I think for me, Um, The biggest things I figured out was, you know, red wine was a huge culprit for my skin and gluten and dairy and sugar. And so I were huge culprits. They just, you know, they just were. And so was stress. And so as I started to unpack that, you know, I really started to see the biggest changes in my skin.
1: Incredible. And with this research that you were getting into, all this new incredible epiphany that food is actually related to our health and that it has a massive effect Mm -hmm. on your overall constitution, did you start looking into gut health and the relationship with gut health and eczema or the rest of your health issues? Totally.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, I think back then in the 90s, there wasn't much talk of gut health, but um, not the way it is today, you know, uh, but from a Chinese medicine perspective. So, I mean, you know, the eczema changed my life too, right? Because all of a sudden I started becoming kind of fascinated with this Chinese medicine. And there was a guy on my floor, you know, at UCSD in the in the labs that taught the herbs at the school. He was a neuropharmacologist, but he was also a Chinese herbalist. And him and I started getting into these conversations and and just, you know, I was talking with my mentor and him one day and they both just said to me, they're like, why, why don't you go into Chinese medicine? You're, so, you're becoming so passionate about it. Like, why are you studying neuroscience right here with us? You know, go, go. Um, and it did, uh, you know, I started reading more books and it started to just completely change my life. And the biggest thing. So I, going back to gut health was in Chinese medicine, we say it differently, but we 've been saying it we 've been talking about gut health for for three five thousand, however long years you know you want to go back in time that when Chinese medicine first first has its origins. But we always talked about that, you know, the food you eat has to be alive and full of energy. And this this chi that's in your food comes in and that will help your body then build the blood and and do all the things it needs to do. And it will help heal. Right. It's it's the baseline of of healing in your body and of your immune system. And so, um, you know, bone broth has always been a part of Chinese medicine. Eating organ meats has always been a part of, you know, it's like historically, we always ate more cooked than raw foods. And we, you know, we always looked at foods as the main medicine, right? And then herbs, of course, but herbs are considered, most of our herbs are actually foods or, or, you know, um, plants and twigs and things of that nature that that could, and and are edible, could be edible and are edible. Um, And so you know that this notion of gut health was was around but not nearly as popularized as uh-huh. it is now um but yeah i mean that's what i was essentially doing because as i started to change my diet and then incorporate you know i did incorporate some chinese herbs and i incorporated lifestyle modifications and i really did i changed my whole approach to food food finally became like food was an enemy unfortunately mm. to me for many years right um it was definitely not my friend it made me fat right that's how i saw it that was the relationship i had with it and the less i ate the the skinnier i was and the healthier i was quote unquote you know um and so food began began to become my friend and also i started to see it as this vehicle for nourishment and and i'm not going to lie i mean my vanity was so impacted because the eczema was on my face that that was a huge driving force because I noticed anytime I deviated, right. If I had that glass of red wine or I used to love to finish my, my shift um, as a waitress with like a glass of champagne, forget about it. My skin was a mess the next day. I could barely open my eyes. So it, it just started to become so black and white to me that um, these things were really impacting me. And, you know, and it became easier and easier to shift into this healthier style of eating that was definitely healing my gut and I saw my my menstrual cycle change I had I had I, in addition to the eczema I had some acne I was using like proactive on my skin and that went away you know um you know my periods used to be painful and irregular and you know all the things and so much changed for me my hair my skin my nails so it 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 was so obvious to me that this was how I needed to live my life. And then, yeah, I got this bug that I just wanted to tell everybody about it. And so that that began my real education, you know, and that's when I really... I left, um, UCSD and I enrolled in in acupuncture. Wow. Brilliant.
1: Wow. And with your journey into acupuncture, herbs, changing your diet, changing your relationship around food, I think is probably also was a massive element in your healing because you were Mm -hmm. clearly stressed around food, calling food, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. enemy. So every time you're eating, I can imagine your digestive system was in a stressful place, which never helps absorb Mm -hmm. the nutrients and vitamins Mm -hmm. and everything you need. So that's a fascinating element element as well, the whole stress factor and how that contributes to the manifestation of diseases and imbalances. I want to know, what is your timeline? Because I know that a lot of people say that Chinese herbs get to the root of the issue and start working in the layers on a foundational level, and they slowly start to change your your system. I want to know for you, what was the timeline when you started the acupuncture and herbs and changing your diet? And how long did it take until you looked in the mirror and you were eczema-free?
2: I mean, eczema-free could be years because I would still get flare-ups. But as far as the height of that really bad attack around my eyes, so I would – and this is how I talk about it in the clinic with my patients as well – is – The acupuncture and the herbs will work, but they will work a lot faster if you follow the diet I tell you to follow because your body will be cleaner and then it can absorb more efficiently and more effectively, right? So we'll get there faster. Um, So doing all the things combined. So basically, I was following that fat flush program and um, doing the Chinese herbs plus the acupuncture plus, I think, deciding to leave pursuit of, of Western medicine and, and choose Chinese medicine, uh, you know, I'd call it six, nine months where the, it got much better real fast, like to the point where I could go out of the house probably in like a month to two months, you know, I, I got to go back 20 years on my timeline. So I'm, I, I might be messing up a little bit, but uh you know, it got manageable really quickly. And then for it to entirely go away, I mean, I would still, you know, get occasional flares in different parts of my body for, for years to follow. Um, but I always knew what was at the root of it. And for me, once I got the diet right, and, and then, you know, the, the acupuncture and the Chinese herbs have been a part of my life for 20 years. So, um, you know, they, I've never really strayed from that. Once I had those three pieces in place, anytime I got flare ups and even, you know, my most recent flare up was when I was breastfeeding my son, which was, you know, I stopped breastfeeding him two and a half years ago. So, um, it's always been a stress or a mindset component. So for me, you know, at, around that time too, like I, I healed the eczema on my face and, um, the boyfriend I was with at the time you know, we've been together from a fairly young age and we got engaged and I wasn't sure I wanted to marry him. And, and the eczema came back on my, you know, whatever hand you, your left Mm. hand is where you were. Uh Oh, the ring finger. um, With the whole hand, the whole wow. hand and not on the right hand, no place else in my body. Didn't come back on my eyes, just that left hand. It was covered. It was swollen. I remember I would do these soaks, these herbal soaks, these Chinese medicine soaks, nothing would work. I saw like, you know, I went to school with some, some real masters and I would see the master herbalist and he would give me the, you know, this is the best concoction. We'd feel my pulses and all the things, nothing would work. And finally the the master herbalist said to me one day, he was, I was, you know, a student of his and I just loved him so much. And, um, he said to me, you know, "Amy, I I think it might have something to do with that ring." And I said, "Oh, do you think it's like a platinum allergy?" And he's like, "No, no, I'm not sure. You want to get married to this person?" <laughs> Brilliant. So, and then one of my best friends too was a nurse. I brought it up with her, and I said, "You know, do you think it's a platinum allergy?" And and um, I won't say his name, but she said, "No, I think it's you know an, an allergy to to your fiance." And I thought, oh wow, so two people have said this to me—people I really respect and admire, you know—and I broke the engagement. I mean, it took me some time, but I eventually did, and um, and then that cleared up, you know. And then the next time I got it, like when I was breastfeeding my son, I got it all over my left breast, and I was going through a real dilemma of wanting to stop breastfeeding. He wasn't really interested anymore. Um, I had enough supply frozen for you know to get him to a year, and. I was busy with work and and I, but I felt terrible. I felt like I was going to be judged by my community, by my peers, you know, like I had to be a role model to women and I should breastfeed for, you know, 18 months or whatever, whatever, you know, the number is, you tell yourself you need to do it for. And, um, and it was the same thing. I had to work it through. You know, a good friend of mine called me out on it, you know, very spiritual, uh, good friend who is in touch with these things. And um, we had a good cry about it. And I, I voiced and I felt like I was failing him and that people would judge me. And, you know, the second I worked through that and just kind of you know made my peace with stopping and proudly made my peace, it went away you know, and my diet couldn't have been cleaner when I was breastfeeding. Right. So for me, there's always been a correlation with emotions. And I, I mean, I, I I would say for me, but I would also say for all of us, there's always an emotional component. And that's my favorite part of Chinese medicine is of course, there's, you know, a more holistic approach to health, and we're using diet and herbs and lifestyle. But the emotions are always a component to any disease state. And if you don't look at them, you will never get to the full root. And so for me, what what I tend to do is I can internalize to the point of eruption, right? And that's exactly what happens. And so I, my body's pretty clear, it erupts on the body part, you know, not everybody is as cut and dry as I am. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know back then i was not nearly as evolved and nor was i probably as willing to look at myself so um you know dissect myself the way i can now uh, you know but i guess who can in their in their early 20s um so i don't i don't i'm not harshly judging myself by any means but you know now i can see it and it's like oh it's starting to come i mean i don't really get flares anymore because i just feel like i'm just constantly am working through it all and and really paying attention to my diet but um, in my supplements, but, but the stress component and the mindset piece is, is so much, I mean, now the science is coming out too, and it's getting a lot more attention, which is wonderful, but it plays such a significant role. And for, you know, for us to just think, oh, you just take this, you know, this cream and you use this soap and your eczema is going to go away. It's like, oh my God, it's like, it's such, it's the, it's a gut health issue. Obviously and we know that now we didn't know that 20 years ago though. Um, And, and it's a, it's a stress and mental health issue Mm -hmm. as well. And and that really needs, so, I mean, to us, it's like, okay, you're, you're literally erupting from the inside out. So where are you suppressing your emotions? You know, and that was something I really had to look at.
1: Brilliant. Oh, wow. I'm so glad you brought that up because it's, it's, it's interesting that it's only bubbling up now, the importance of addressing emotions and how connected they are to the physicality. And I also think there's a spiritual element in it somewhere, but Mm -hmm. all aspects have to be looked at in order to achieve that well-rounded, sustainable sense of change in health. Well done. And also you said something, which I thought was so fascinating that your body wouldn't allow you these, excuse me, this may not be your exact words. We basically alluded to the idea that your body wouldn't allow you to have that um, sip of champagne or wouldn't allow you to have that, um, that bar or whatever it is because you had an instantaneous reaction to it. And I just had this idea that your body was totally on your side and all you have to do is decode the messages it's it's trying to send you and it's keeping you in line for your best life and for some reason it's saying you don't there's no laziness here you don't have an opportunity to just chill out and have a indulgent relaxed life like you obviously have a big purpose which has led you to this incredible bio that we went through and all the books you've created three books all which are spreading the word about the importance of health and self healing. And I can't help but think that this is a blessing in some way. What are, what are your opinions oh, on where absolutely. this has led you, where your health issues have led you and, and how it's, if it's showed up as a blessing or a burning, What what's your feeling around that concept?
2: Oh, absolutely. A blessing. Um, hundred percent. I wouldn't change a thing. You know, I could even cry right now. and feel emotional, but you know, um, it's, it's an honor to be able to listen to my body. And it's been an honor to um, learn that message or decode it the way you said it. Um, and and get that into writing and into books and to spread that message, you know, but I look back, and it's like, Oh, oh that poor girl, I mean, she was very disconnected. And she, she didn't want to listen, you know, it was like, I was definitely in my rebellious phase of life. And, um, kind of that angry young woman type of situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that got me many places and I, and I love that part of me. <laughs> um, but you know, there was just this unwillingness to, um, yeah to listen. Um, and now I listen so much, you know, and, and maybe too much, you know, and I, I, I want as few things in my life as possible that disconnect me from me, you know, um, I recently gave up alcohol like 100%. And, um, you know, I, I always enjoyed a cocktail. It was like a thing that I enjoyed. And my husband and I enjoyed it. But then we realized this point where it was it was disconnecting us and, um, you know, just stopped. And I feel such presence and clarity in in a, in a whole other level. And it does, it feels like I'm, you know, evolving into this, a, a higher spiritual version of myself. And, um, yeah, it's awesome. It's just awesome. It really is. And it's, you know, I just keep learning and evolving and growing and I'm, I'm loving that piece of it.
1: Wow. Incredible. Well done. You I mean and so many brilliant things that gifts you have birthed out of this whole health struggle that you've had. Tell us about the books that you've written. Yeah. Uh,
2: so I wrote my first one in 2009 and I think I was still on that journey, right? I was about gosh 34, 33 I think when I got that book deal. Yeah. And really still learning and evolving. And, but it was fun, you know, I mean, it's always been fun. You know, just this idea, because at that point, I was in clinical practice for probably five years or six years. And, you know, you just start to see the similar pattern pattern of how stressed out these mainly young New York women were that were coming in to see me and how disconnected they were, right? All of a sudden I became the acupuncturist on the other side of that story that told me the balance bar wasn't food, you know? And, um, you know, it just it was so great to be able to distill that down and say, okay, these are the simple ways that we can just chill out and get healthier. Right. That was the name of the book, chill out and get healthy. The original title of the book was chill the F <laughs> out. Um, and we sold, we sold it at that title to, uh, to Penguin and they were very excited, but they, they said, no, we can't, we can't publish a book with, with the F word <laughs> in it. Um, title Now, of course, there's like, you know, one of the best song books out there has the F word and F-um in it. But um <laughs> Uh, but they wouldn't they wouldn't let me do it back then. Uh, and that was fine. That was like 2009, I guess. And, um, and yeah, and then, you know, it, it evolved into, you know, I, I just tend to treat a lot of women. I think that's, that's mainly the demographic that comes to alternative medicine first, and then their, their partners make their way into my office or their children do. And, you know, seeing women struggle with trying to get pregnant and balancing their hormones. And, you know, the same type of thing, like the title of my second book, Yes, You Can Get Pregnant is, is a very intentional title, right? It was because everybody's so worried about their fertility and their inability to get pregnant and everybody's doing fertility treatments. And what about me? And I'm too old and I didn't freeze my eggs or should I freeze my eggs, right? It's, it was just all this self-doubt, all this worry, all this fear. And I just wanted to scream from the mountaintops that they had a lot more control over their health and their fertility than they realized, you know, and so that book was, um, I think, a much stronger voice for me, you know, chill and get healthy, you can, you can sense my youth in there. and more the editor's voice, you know, like I was being driven by them versus me driving. Whereas yes, you can get pregnant. I'm driving that ship. And and that book is, you know, of course, a diet and a lifestyle roadmap, but I dig into the emotional and spiritual piece behind becoming a mother, behind the fears that we let rule our lives. And, and you know, that, that book has helped so many women and it's been an incredible honor. And I wrote that book at 38 and I hadn't yet had children. And I didn't freeze my eggs, and I hadn't met my partner yet, you know, and then I met uh, my husband at 39. Um, I turned 40, just as we were meeting, and then we got pregnant, you know, a couple months into my, well, I was, uh, like, December, so I was, like, 40 years old in four wow. months. Um, <clears throat> and that was intentional, you know, we we were talking about getting engaged, and and I knew we both wanted children, and I said to him, you know, I did just turn 40. And he was 44 at the time or 43. And he said, all right, well, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, I don't really care. I've never been very traditional. I I don't care if I'm married or not. Like, you know, just get me pregnant and let's just figure out the rest, you know? (laughs) And uh, he said, all right. You know, he said, how long do you think it'll take? And I said, I don't know, probably six months, you know? And he said, should I get my sperm checked? I said, no, let's just Do it the old fashioned way. Like it's just to have unprotected sex and see what happens, you know? And, um, and I got pregnant the second month. Oh my gosh.
1: Well done. Destiny.
2: Yeah. You know, and that was a relief because I was like, I hope I know what I'm talking about. (laughs) I hope I've been doing all the right things that I'm telling all these other women to (laughs) do. Um, But I really was practicing what I preached. You know, I wrote, yes, you can get pregnant. Like I said, it came out when I was 38 and, um, and it came out when I was 39. Sorry. I wrote it when I was 38 And, you know, between chill out and get healthy. And then yes, you can get pregnant was about like a four year gap. And during that time was when I really took a lot more control and power over my health. And I felt like I was healthier at 39 than I was for sure at 29, you know, for certain at 29. And so I felt like absolutely my eggs had to be better quality. And, you know, everything about my health was better, like my skin and my, you know, my digestion and my energy, all those things. I was just you know, so healthy, and I feel like that now, even at forty four um and then body belief came out a year ago, and that book is is an even you know even deeper dive into the spiritual emotional aspects of your health and and as the title you know uh leads you to believe in what are you believing about your body and how does that impact your physiology so I do a lot of you know there's three pillars to the the healing in that book. And it's all about healing autoimmune conditions, which I'm very familiar with, uh, having had, you know, eczema and asthma, endometriosis, you know, those are all uh, fall into the autoimmune category. I definitely would have had, I think, some pretty screaming autoimmune conditions at this point in my life had I not taken back the power, you know,
0: 10 or so years ago. Oh, um man. could you even imagine where I, you'd be now if you hadn't taken I the know. power back?
2: So, you wouldn't have say, a baby. I would think, like, I. Um, Suffering. I wouldn't have a baby I'd be in the midst of fertility treatments and not that there's anything wrong with that but what I started to see was when I wrote yes you can't get pregnant and I started you know I got my practice got really busy with all these really challenging fertility cases and it was just like one after the other where I was like god all these girls have these undiagnosed or mismanaged autoimmune conditions and so all of a sudden I became like not just like the niche fertility girl but but an autoimmune fertility um <clears throat> You know, "quote unquote" expert, and uh, you know, I learned so much from that. That it, you might hear me walk. For one second, I'm so sorry, but I just saw my little guy walking. Oh, cute! Right Hi. Hi. Hi, honey. I'm on the recording right now. I'm going to close the door. Okay, well, we do
1: okay sounds good. Oh, oh so not sorry. at all. No worries. I'll just, I'll just cut that right out. You can just pick up exactly <laughs> oh it actually it happens unfolding. to us all the time. <laughs> We've both got kids. I
2: saw it all unfolding and I was oh, like, no, oh, it's so good. Right. J-
1: j- just pick yeah. up where you think you left off. Um,
2: okay. So I, you know, I just started to see all these women coming in with these, with these autoimmune conditions that were impacting their fertility. And so much of it was untreated or mismanaged and, you know, that that shifted so much in my practice. I mean, even from writing, yes, you can get pregnant, not necessarily diet or supplement wise, a little bit diet wise, but that, that mindset piece where like it was, you know, the root of autoimmunity is when the body's attacking itself on a cellular level. But what I bring to it in body belief is, and if you're attacking yourself on a cellular level, you must be attacking yourself on an emotional level as well. And so we have to change that dialogue that we're having with ourselves. And what you see. In, in everybody who's dealing with a, a health condition, whether it's trying to get pregnant or just healing from like rheumatoid arthritis is they don't believe in their body anymore. They're pretty pissed off mm-hmm. at their body, in fact, right? They feel like it's failing them. And so then they they consciously choose to disconnect, which is what I was doing, you know, in my 20s, right? It was like, oh, well, screw this body. You know what I mean? It's like constantly red and inflamed. You know, like I hated looking in the mirror. I hated myself, right? I hated my body. I thought I just needed to be skinnier and, you know, all these things. that's so dis- the
1: issue in without knowing it.
2: <laughs> yes, 100% that was the issue. It was it was it was uh, not not mm-hmm. loving myself, you know. And so that's where the the evolution has brought me, which is so such I'm so grateful for that. And then that's really what body belief is all about, you know. So, I mean, uh, at that point, I was in talks with Hay House and they didn't want to book specifically about fertility. So we did it about autoimmunity across the board because it's affecting women 75% more than men, women in their prime. So, I mean, it is the same demographic of women, 20 to 45, the women who are trying to get pregnant. These are the same women that are getting these autoimmune conditions. You know, the, the incidence has quadrupled in the last 30 years. Why do you, you know, think that is? Mainly in the U.S. Well, from a Western perspective, it's we've introduced one hundred thousand chemicals into our environment wow. since the. That's 90s. a big no-no. There's got to be repercussions
1: to yeah. that. Come on, people.
2: So there's that. And then I think, too, you look at, okay, and then it's women in their prime. And what are we doing okay. more of
1: the last 30
2: years? More working, We're working and our stressing working. and less relaxing. Yeah, we got to do it all, right? It's like I not just have to be like the best wife and the, the skinniest bride with the best skin, but I also got to be a mom. And I got to run a kick-ass business because that's what everybody else is doing. And I got to show up on social media looking my best self, right? It's like, oh, my goodness, it sets up this whole Space of self-attacking self, and so you know, there's. I as I talk about it a lot in body belief, and, and in a lot of recent conversations too, is you know, there's all this talk about inflammation and anti-inflammatory diet, but like, what about the emotional inflammation? You know, that's what we're Beautiful. missing as part of this conversation, Beautiful. and and that's what you know, am tr- you know, is my you know, I I love that piece of it. I mean, to me, the diet and the supplements, it's all very tangible here. Follow this, you know, and as I say in body belief, I could tell you how much to sleep. I could tell you how much you need to meditate. I can tell you what to eat and what supplements to take, but unless you decide to be on the same team as your body and start to be friends with yourself again, none of what I tell you to do is actually going to work, nor is it going to stick. You're not going to continue to follow through with this protocol if you don't believe you're worth it, if you don't believe your body can heal, right? So we got to work on that piece first. Oh my gosh,
1: standing ovation from me. (laughs) I am so enrolled in everything you just got into it's it's so important that people start understanding all of that all of that that you just put out there do you think that it's possible for us to eradicate um autoimmune diseases from your system completely or do you think it's something that people will have to live with and just manage through healthy lifestyle dietary choices etc
2: well I think we can do a lot of things. Um, I do think we can eradicate it. But I think for the, um, you know, to stay within code, I suppose, you know, we can we can't technically cure an autoimmune condition, but we can heal from it. So meaning I can't completely say you had Hashimoto's and you have thyroid antibodies. You might always still have some thyroid antibodies, right? There might always be a little hostility in your body towards your thyroid and it will make these antibodies, but you might go from the tens, tens of thousands to hundreds or to, you know, uh, double digits. Um, that's, I think, the Western side, and that's me taking the easy road, right, saying that to you because I know a lot of the the listeners. You know that might be really far fetched for me to say. I believe you can cure, but but then there's another side of me that you know this mind body research is is absolutely mind blowing, and the things that I think we are capable of, we haven't even touched the surface of. So I do believe if you believe that you think you can heal and cure. Um, and you really make a conscious effort at it. And by that, I mean, you work on those thoughts. We have, uh, upwards of a hundred thousand thoughts a day. 90% of them are the same. You got to work <laughs> on those beliefs. You got to work on those thoughts and you got to get in alignment with your body and your mind and how you nourish and support yourself. And I do think you could, you could probably eradicate it. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't see why not, but but to go out and say that in a book that's been published by House, I can't mm-hmm. say that unfortunately because I didn't get a lot of backlash. You know, Joe Dispenza can say that now because he's Joe Dispenza, but um, you can say, you, it, you know, uh,
1: Amy, you'll say for us, we're on the same page. <laughs> don't worry, we're believers. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, you know, to me, it's like, why not? I mean, and that's also a lot of pressure on the reader and on, on, you know, the the audience. It's a lot of pressure. So I don't want to put that pressure on anybody to think that you're at fault. If you heal, you're at fault
1: if you don't. Yes, exactly. I, I completely agree. We have to start taking responsibility and seeing health as a 5D, as Jenna likes to call it a lot, situation rather than just what we've been trained to believe it is. Um, so I have a question for you around um, after um, after doing a deep dive into the alternative resources that you have, have you come to a – idea about what the true root cause is of eczema or of immune autoimmune disorders. I know we've touched upon gut health, but I would like to know your opinions and if there's a specific root cause where this has come from.
2: I mean, I do think the emotional inflammation is at the root of it. And just this, how are you showing up in your life, right? What you're appearance is in your life if you will yeah. to look at it from that like that perspective too because this is like the external manifestation of you so it's almost this you know this shield in a sense um And to also, you know, Chinese medicine, we look at it as when it's red and it's itchy, man, it is screaming at you. There is something that you've been bottling up that needs to come out. So there has to be that piece that's looked at. Then, of course, from an inflammation perspective, yeah, we got to go back and heal the gut. There's got to be something going on in there, you know, where um, you're just not absorbing the nutrition that you need for your skin in order for it to heal. So you know i think it's twofold but you know i i really do encourage people with skin conditions to go deeper on that spiritual um you know through that spiritual lens and look at things of of how are you showing up for yourself mm-hmm. in the world
0: love that absolutely um, wow that is so much just fascinating and just wise information i I am so impressed by your journey and your story and how you're helping people. So if people do want to find you, how can they find you to work with you or to, you know, follow your story?
2: I mean, I got everything on my website, basically, amyroup.com. Um, I, I love Instagram and Facebook. I do weekly um, Facebook and Instagram lives where we're always sharing different topics Uh, talking about health and well-being so you know and all my books are anywhere books are
0: sold amazing and we're going to link your website and your books to the show notes of this episode so that our listeners can easily find them
2: that sounds great
0: thank you so much thank you so much Well, I enjoyed this conversation.
1: Oh my gosh, Amy, appreciate your wisdom and just the journey that you've walked to get to this point where you can share to such depth and also relate to people on so many different levels. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Really Mm -hmm. appreciate it
0: welcome. Thank you. So much. And if you listeners enjoy today's episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We believe that with your support, we can invite millions of people into this conversation that just may help them reclaim their life and their health. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next week for more amazing stories of triumph over the odds. Bye for now.
1: Bye everyone. See you next week.